sick Tuesday, so not today. <laughs> I don't feel good today, but I'm not sick, so here we are. So we're, uh, we're in a series uh, that we're going to talk about here in just a second, but I want Hillary to come up for just a moment, and she's going to talk about a really important thing that we, uh, our church is always involved in trying to give back to the community, and um, just, just hop on this one mic right there if you would, and if sign, you can get your mama. Mike, that'd be great. So go right ahead, Hill. It's all yours. Is this, this on? Okay. This on. Um, so we're having a blood drive coming up September 9th at the um, Family Fun Night. Uh, we have appointments from 4 to 8. We still have a lot of appointments left. Um, if any of you happen to be any of the people who had a bad experience with the Red Cross, don't worry, it's Versity again, and we had a great experience with them last time. Everything went really smoothly, all their phlebotomists were fantastic, so come and make an appointment. Um, I'll hang out for a little bit after church, um, out by the info desk, if anybody wants to make an appointment with me. Um, if not, you can make one online too. Uh, there's a link, it's posted on the Facebook page. Um, you just click it, it's super easy to sign up. But it's a great way to serve the community and it's pretty easy. So I encourage you to sign up and we would appreciate it. Thanks, Hillary. Yeah. She did a good job, didn't she? She does. She hates that. She hates getting up in front of people. Who doesn't? If you're a visitor, uh, please be sure and get one of our Connect cards. They're on the back, uh, back table there. Also, they're out in the foyer. And uh, just let us know you were here, put your name on that, and uh, we'll send you a quick text. We're glad you're here. If you haven't been a part of our text uh, tree yet and you want to do that, or if you have a prayer request, let us know those things also. Let's pray. God, you are worthy, and uh, thank you for the worship team this morning, just reminding us of that, um, that you are so uh, worthy of our worship and our praise in our life. Uh, you gave us life, and you, everything we have is yours. And just now, we pray that you'll uh, speak to us through this story of Abraham, and that you'll help me to be clear and concise and not muddled, and say things that you want me to say, and shut my mouth where it needs to be shut, and open it where it needs to be open. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, what else was I going to say today? Oh, there's some Bibles on the back uh, in the welcome thing. And if you have been missing your Bible, there's like five of them. And people are going, are we giving these away? No, they're, they're, I think they're people's Bibles. So if you have any, they're back there. Just check them. They're on the Welcome Center. There's a stack of about six of them. Really nice Bibles. And uh, we'd be glad uh, that you would uh, uh, check yours and take it home if you would and use it. So we're in this series called um, uh, Let's Talk About Worship, and uh, the last, last week we were talking about uh, how do you worship when it doesn't make sense, and we started out in the story of, uh, of Abraham, and uh, oh, by the way, I got my teeth. Did you see that? Did you notice that? Yeah. yeah. So, I, I don't know. I, I'm so ADHD. I don't even want yeah, just, to just go there. So part of Abraham's story is, is a, we got to it. We got to just a very little part, and we got to the first part. But I, last week was a very important. It was an important part because I challenged you, like Abraham, to try to find time to be quiet. I pray you found some time to be quiet. Uh, some of you uh, texted me, 
called me, uh, emailed me, smoke signaled me. I don't know. You, you, got, you got things to me that said it was, it was nice. It was nice for those of you that, that I heard from. So that, that's good. It's important to listen. It's important to listen to God. We were introduced to Abraham last week, and, and God asked him to do an impossible thing. Every time I, I, I do this story, I have a hard time because I can't, I lost, I lost a child and I lost a couple of kids when, I was, when Brenda and I were younger in uh, pregnancies. And uh, I, I can't imagine, I can't imagine doing what Abraham was asked to do. Uh, we learned that, that God gave him an impossible task. The task was to take his child and to put it on an altar and sacrifice it to him. We learned that he was willing. We learned that he was uh, willing to do it. And so today we're going to come to the real meat of the story because we, we learned last week that the thing that he did was he said, here I am, Lord, and he listened to what God had to say. And he, he, he responded. He responded. And so we're going to talk about Abraham's response. What did Abraham do that was good. What, what did he do that was good? Uh, today in, on the, uh, in the outline of sorts, I've listed almost the whole scripture of Genesis 22, 3 through 18. I'm not going to read it because I, don't, I think you can read it yourself. Uh, we, we might refer to it a couple times and I might ask uh, Tom to pull it up a couple times. But uh, I want to specifically talk about four other things that Abraham did right today. And uh, I think they will be um, life-changing things for you if you're willing to do that. If you're willing to step in and say, I'm going to go a little deeper than I've ever gone before in my life. Um, what did Abe show us? What did Abraham show us? He showed us to worship God through obedience means that I have to neglect what's natural. There's three things. Go to the bottom of that. Yep, there you go. Sorry, keep going. Keep going. See, there's a lot of scripture. Keep going. That's I, I just, okay. Yep. Mm, one more. That's it. That's the whole thing. Okay. It's all right. Here we go. So what did he do right? He he did he did three things. He he. Uh, I've got them written down here, and I have to remember. Uh, he neglected what was natural, and he, what I mean by that is the natural thing for. Abraham to do when God said, I want you to take your son and I want you to sacrifice him back to me. This son that he's awaited for, this son that he's, has been so important to him, this son that, that he laughingly didn't even believe he was going to get, he said the, the natural thing would have been to go, no, <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to give you my son. You gave him to me. He's mine. I don't want to give him back to you. That's typically what happened here. But you have to neglect the natural thing when it comes to worshiping God because the natural thing is not always, not always the easiest thing to do. That's typically what comes first. But Abraham neglected what was natural. And how I know that is if you look in verse 4 and you don't, Tom, you don't have to go there because I think I might have messed that up too. It says on the third day, on the third day, he got up and he went, and he, he neglected 
What was natural? What he did is he didn't do the natural thing. He went. He gathered his son. He gathered his servants. He gathered all the traveling equipment, and he went. On the third day, he went to where he was supposed to go. Can you imagine how tormented that journey must have been? Can you imagine what the feelings that were going through his head as he takes this, this little son, this son that he loved so much, and journeying for three days to a place that he knew he was going to have to kill his son and give it back to God? What is natural about that? There's nothing natural about that. So to worship God, you've got to neglect what's natural. And that's the hardest thing possible, to neglect the natural. See, what, what, what would have been natural is to stop and, and to go the other way or to bargain and say, God, no, 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 don't, don't, no. Is there anything else? I'll give you all my cows. I'll give you everything. I don't want to give you my son. Everything else I got, it's yours. Everything. It's yours. Abraham neglected what was natural. And he did what he was able to do. And so then the next thing he did is he worshiped through his obedience. He worshiped through his obedience. And here's where I want to spend just a minute. I want to park because this is where we get caught up in the church. We get caught up in the church. Let me explain that. See, when you follow God's plan, when you follow what he asks you to do, when you follow the things that are written in the word of God, that's an act of worship. That's an act of worship. Yeah, it's nice when Van and, and Kelsey and Wade and other people stand up here and, and lead us in worship, and that's good. That's group getting together worship. But worship is so much more than that. Worship is when you do the things that God intended for you to do. I don't know if you ever thought about that before, but you need to think about it today and how revolutionary that is because it is a very base thing of being a follower of God. The more it comes to when we think about this, this thing called worship, see, when a lot of people come to church today, they come because they want to feel something, Right? We come because we want to experience him because we're, we're kind of numb. <laughs> we get numbed out by the noise. We get numbed out by the pace. We get numbed out by all the, the stuff that's going on in our life. And so we come here. We want an experience. And, and I get it why people go and there's, there's smoke and there's mirrors and there's lights. Those things, whoa, it's like going to a concert. You go, you know, how many of you go to, to all these lawn concerts and all the concerts? And they're incredible. You come away so pumped because, wow, that, that got you, got your blood moving. And you go, that was so cool. That was so awesome. I love being there. And when we come to church... We come seeking some kind of experience always. We don't do anything to get the experience, but we want the experience. We come and we, wanna, we want them to make our liver quiver. We want the, we want the preacher and the, the people to go, ooh, that, that, that moved me. That moved me. But that's what we learned last week is not, <laughs> that's not what we're meant to do. We're meant to go, how am I? Here, here am I. 
how was I today? How did I bring the worship experience? How did one of my friends in the, in the audience last week said, aren't we the holiest place? Yes, we bring God with us. We bring God with us to this place. It's the, the holiest place is not here, it's here. And so we bring it with us. We either leave him at home or some of us don't have him. We think we do, but we're so numb, we've kind of put him in a box somewhere and we keep him, we keep him in that little box until we need him. Oh, I need you, Jesus, today. I need you today, Jesus. Jesus connects the dots in the New Testament for us between obeying and loving God. And that's what I want you to see about Abraham. The thing that Abraham did that was right was he obeyed God even when it didn't seem right. Even when it seemed impossible. Even when he was asking something that just was out of, not of the ordinary, but was out of the, out of the question. Give me back your son. Boy, that's impossible. Jesus connects these dots. And all the way back in John 14, he says this. He says, he who does not love me, he who loves, let's try it again. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. Let me say it one more time. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own, he says. They belong to the Father who sent me. It wasn't Jesus saying it. He's saying it's God who said it. So he's connecting the two. Obedience means love. Means love. Nobody wants to hear this message today because it's not a very sexy message. It's not. Who wants to talk about obedience? Thanks a lot, Jeff. That's just the last thing I wanted to talk about today. That's boring. I don't want to obey. I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And then when I don't want to do it, I won't do it. And I want you to bless me, by the way, God, too. I want you to take care of me. Listen, church. Spiritual gifts are mysterious. I don't know why some of you are blessed at the yin-yang, how you have so many things going on in your life. You can do anything. You, you, you are just so gifted. And some of you don't seem to be so gifted. I don't know why that is. It's mysterious. Some of us in here, we want miracles. We want manifestations of God to come up out of the cloud and go, this is what you are to do. We want him to do that. Go buy that car. That house, it's yours. We do. We want that. We want that. We want to see God act. We want to see our dog not die. We do. Oh God, don't let my dog die. Oh God, don't let my kin die. My, that's not, that's, and so immediately we begin to say, oh God, if you'll just, I'll do this. And it becomes a bargaining chip. You ever been there? 
We know you have. Those things are mysterious. You know what's not mysterious? Obedience. Obedience is not mysterious. I realize that the, the minute you heard that word, a lot of you just tuned out because you're going, not me. This isn't for me. Freedom comes when you were created to do what God intended you to do. It doesn't come from you trying to do anything outside of what God intended for you to do. You will struggle, you will have strife, you will have problem after problem after problem if you are in Jesus, you're in Christ, and you don't obey what you know to do. Some of you are there today. Some of you are there today. Obedience is straightforward. It's simple. You, you know what the right thing to do is. You, you know it, and God wants you to do it, and that's called obedience. That is not mysterious. When you obey God, you're prioritizing the importance of God. That's the next thing that, Adam, that Abraham did. He, he took, he knew what was important to God, and he, over what he felt, he felt no, I'm not giving up my kid. But he was able to prioritize his feelings, his emotions, his thought, his happiness over what was important to God. Because what was important to him was what was important to God. So I ask you today, How's that going for you? Are, you? are you living for the things that are important to God or the things that are important to you? Ooh, that hurts. Because if you're honest, if you're honest, a lot of your life is not about God and the things that are important to Him. Things that are important to me. That's the essence of worship. Is doesn't mean that you love, that you don't love other stuff, that you don't love your kids more than life itself, that you don't love your car, that you don't love their vacation and your house and all the things. And you don't love that. It doesn't mean you don't love those things. It just means they can't be more important than God. They can't be more important than God. And if they are. If they are, there's an issue. Here's what I sense. I sense in this church. I've been doing it all summer. I think our church is on a place that it's never been before, and it's a good place. Here's the place it is. I believe that there's people here that you want to know God. You want to go deeper with God. I believe there's people here that want uh, to worship God with their life and they don't know how to connect the dots. They, you, you, you would say things like, I'm trying and I thought I was and maybe I'm not. And that's what I want to I talk to you about today. Because see, here's, here's the thing, and I'm not, I'm not being all Joel here, Joel Osteen, but obedience 
goes with blessing. Let me say it again. Obedience goes with blessing. They go together. They come together. God's blessings are connected to how we obey. Abraham obeyed, and God made this major promise. In verse 16 and 17, he says this. Listen, verse 16 and 17. This is what the Lord says. Because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your beloved son, I swear by my own self, this is God talking, I will bless you richly. I love that. I want to be blessed by God richly. I don't care about the material, but I want to be blessed by God. I don't want my life to, to, to be a series of, of, of crud just coming at me and I'm sitting there trying to wipe it off and trying to, to wade through it and trying to just get through today. I want to be an overcomer. I want to be victorious. I want to be more than, 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 I, than I am by myself because by myself, I'm a failure. And I think some of you are there today. You're in that spot. And I think you're open and you're susceptible to what God is teaching us through Brother Abraham here today. Obedience is important. The natural action of life is worship. And if you worship, you're going to do the fifth thing that he did. You're going to do the fifth thing that Abraham did. And that is this. He rejoiced and he marveled at the things of God. Okay, God said, it's okay. You don't have to. I'm going to bless you. And the next thing that we see from Abraham is that he marveled and he rejoiced at the things of God. Let me try to put that in perspective. What, what am I talking about when I say marvel? I mean, I'll hit one of you here when I say this. You, you marvel at the things of God. You rejoice over God's goodness, how good he is. I say this so many times to myself every day, how God has been good to me, even though there's a lot of bad things going on. I told you that last week, you know, that, 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 that life is not, a, it's not a hills and valleys thing. It's a railroad track. There's good and there's not so good going on all the same time. It happens all the same time. And so I have to marvel at the good while I can. I have to marvel and be excited about the goodness of God in my life. And so we, we think of marvel. We all tend to go to big things. Niagara Falls, the Grand Canyon. I, I can't tell you that, the marvel that I had. I was in a daze for like a week when I first went to the Grand Canyon. I couldn't believe there was something like that. I had no idea. I'm, I'm not kidding you. I was, I was out of my mind. I, I couldn't believe how cool it was. I marveled at the things that God made. I marveled at creation. I marvel when I go to the ocean. I marvel when my three kids were born and I was there to catch. It was incredible. That was just inside. And here it is. It's, it's here. Whoa. That's marvel. When you marvel at the things of God, it's an act of worship. And so when you are doing that during the week, 
you come in here, it's natural that when you sing, you are moved. I was moved when Van was singing this morning. I was moved when Mila, I, I was moved. I was, because I knew, it wasn't because they're that great, they're good, but I was moved because I felt God doing something in me. I felt him, him, him going, I'm here, I'm here. I love that. And I pray that you do too. I pray you do too. And did you seek that? You see, when you marvel at the goodness of God, there's only one response, and that's to rejoice. What does it mean to rejoice? I wrote down some words, and these aren't all my words. These are words that I've kind of been kind of schmooshing together to make a Jeff's Jeff version of what it means to worship or what it means to rejoice. And so I'm just going to read it to you because it's kind of convoluted like I am a lot. But listen, hear me out. I said this, it's an unbridled joy that seeps from within your heart and it leaks off your lips and it explodes in your eyes and it transforms your countenance so you don't look like you ate a bunch of lemons. Because a lot of you look like you've been eating lemons. I'm looking at you out here. And it's not something you can do within yourself. It's what God does in you. It's a natural reaction. It is a a marvel that just wells up out of you. You can't stop it. You can't stop it because it comes and it's there. There's nothing you can do about it. You see it in people and it transforms them. And they understand who is God and they understand who they are. And that's the problem we have today. Most of us don't know who we are. And it comes, it starts, it, is evol- it starts in that process of worship. It starts when we marvel at God. It starts when we obey God. And then God starts doing stuff in us. When God said to Abraham, as he's got the knife up, stop, stop, stop. I don't think the Bible has to tell us, and Abraham was very happy. Right? It doesn't need to say that. Abraham was very excited. No. Abraham was crazy, nuts, happy. His heart probably skipped a beat. He was crazy happy. He was rejoicing. It wasn't a blase reaction. He wasn't going, man, that was a waste of walking for three days. We had to come here. (laughs) Some of you do that with church. Oh, I can't believe I got up and went to church this morning. There was nothing there. Well, you didn't bring it, did you? He was singing, I believe he was shouting the whole way home, and he was reminded of the goodness of God. Here's what I know about the majority, again, of people in this room. You want to be closer to God. You want to be connected to God. You want to sense his leading. You want to see his prompting and his guidance. You want God's blessing in your life. 
So if you want that, here's my question back to you. I think maybe I put this on there, Tom, all the way down towards the end. Yep. Who's your Isaac? Who's your Isaac? What do you mean by that, Jeff? Who do you love more than life itself? What do you love more than life itself? And God is saying to you, I want that. I want that. Who is your Isaac? What's that thing you love dearly, that person you love dearly more than anything else in this life? What if God said, I want it back? I need you to sacrifice that back to me. A lot of stuff is getting in the way of us worshiping God, church. That's why the church is, is not, not just our church, it's church worldwide, is having a milk toast reaction because they just think that church is this mamsy, pamsy, little milk toast thing where you come in and you sing a few songs and you go home and you do your thing. A relationship with God is a relationship all day long, every day doesn't stop when you leave this place so what is it you need to sacrifice to make God number one in your life today I think you're, you know I think all of you know during ministry time today I pray that you and God will, will talk about that I can't, I can't do any more than I've done today So much stuff gets in us, in the way of us worshiping God. I get it why we come in here flat. I get it why you come in here and go, ah, was all right. I get it why some of you don't want to serve God. You don't want to give your, your time, your money, your resources to God. I get it because it's flat. And part of it is probably because you're not obeying. You're not obeying what you know to do is right. Can't say it any clearer than that, church. But Jeff, what you're asking me to give up, it's a good thing. Isaac was a good thing. Isaac was an incredible thing, a treasured thing, a thing that was wanted more than anything else. And God asked for it back. Imagine laying your child on an altar the same boy that he'd hoped for and prayed for and dreamed for all those hundred years. Why was he able to lay Isaac down on the altar? I'm about done. Don't check out on me. Why was he able to lay Isaac down on the altar? Do you know? Because he didn't focus on Isaac. He was focused on God, the most important thing in his life. So he was able to do the impossible the impossible and give God back that which was given to him. Worship is not about you. Church is not about you. It's not about you whether you came to make it about you or not or whether you want it to be about you or not. It's not about you. It's about God. What have you made it? Here's the key. You got to focus on God. Focus on God. 
That's worship. It's not fo- focusing on your Isaac. Worshiping is focusing on the one who made you. Some of you might be thinking, I don't know if I have the power to do this on my own, Jeff. You don't. That's why you need God's power. God has the power to help you do what you don't think you can do. You don't. You don't. He does. Man, would you come on up here. For those in this, in this place that you've never asked God to be the Lord and the Savior of your life, today he's talking to somebody here and he's saying, would you let me lead you? Would you let me lead you? And that's, that choice is yours today. If you've never asked Jesus into your heart, if you've never asked him to come and be a part of, of, of your life, not just a part, to be number one in your heart, God may be calling you today to do that. The reason that Jesus died for us, the reason that Jesus went to the cross, the reason we celebrate communion, the reason we have a church is so that you and I can live for God and to show his glory and his purpose to somebody else. I said it in my little jumbled text yesterday to all of you that are on the text thing. This heat this week has reminded me and made, I told you about the goodness of God. It's also showed me the other part about God, that there's people in my life that I know and I love and I think the, the most absolute world of, and they're going to go to hell, and they're going to burn forever. I don't want to be scary, and I'm not here to, but it, it, it re-motivated me this week, this heat. I, I was out, I, we were doing some, some roofing work. It was hot to be up on a roof. It was hot to be moving shingles. It was hot. And as I was doing that, I, I just kept thinking, there's people in my life that I love that I haven't yet reached out to and said, Jesus needs needs to be number one in your life. And at least got to do that. At least got to try. And I wonder for some of us in this place today, when was the last time we ever did that with anybody? Because if you really truly care about somebody, the thing you better care about is not their clothes. It is not better whether they have food. And those things are important. It's not whether they have shelter. It's do they have an eternity that's not going to be hell? That's pretty rough. Yeah, I know it is. But that's, that's kind of where I'm trying to live with more urgency. And I encourage you today to live with a little bit more urgency in your life. Because I think a lot of you have gotten blasé. I think a lot of you have just kind of just, you're mailing it in. Now, I'm not being judgmental, but I, I, I believe that joy, I believe that those who do have it, it leaks out of your lips. It leaks out of, your, out of the things that you do. It leaks out of the, the very, the, the, your face, your countenance. It comes out. It shows. It shows and it, it is seen. And people go, what the heck is that? I have a buddy, a friend that I've, I've been buddies with for a long time and he, I don't want to go into his whole story, but right now he's in a truck and a camper and he's traveling out through the Midwest and every night he sets up, 
He's, he eats peanut butter and jelly, and he, he, he goes, everywhere he goes, he prays for people, and he prays, and he sings his guitar, he gets his guitar out, has a little chalkboard that he sits out on his, uh, out by his truck, and he just goes to wherever God sends him, and, and he, he's touching people's lives. He stopped everything, he had a remodeling business, and he stopped. He said, I'm going to put it on pause for a year, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. He gives them Bibles. And this guy just completely just turned his life, just changed. And, and, and I'm going, I need to get more urgent like him. I need to be more like that. So I challenge you today, you and Jesus, do some business during our time uh, together here as we call this ministry time. I pray that Jesus will minister to you, that you will be open. And you'll say that phrase that we said last week, here I am, Lord. I'm willing to obey. What, where do you want to go? What do you want me to do? How do we get there? Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for the story of Abraham.